It's the Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. Okay, it's time for a Saturday morning rewatch. Yay! So this time we watched The Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah! I'm really excited about this one. And we just realized I've been singing the theme songs to all of these now, mostly because I like singing nonsense. And this one doesn't really have, like, lyrics, but it definitely has a song, and it goes like this. So it's, like, properly swashbuckly. It really is. I know the intro is on YouTube. It's almost worth looking it up just because you're like, well, yeah, this feels like Pirates of the Caribbean before Pirates of the Par- Caribbean existed. It sure does. <laughs> the whole show feels a lot like that. <laughs> yes, it really does. I don't know how long the Disney ride was there, but I feel like they watched the show and were like, oh, yeah, those people don't have lawyers to sue us, so let's <laughs> steal it. Yeah, that seems about right. Also, I don't know when we decided that pirates were no longer a real terror for people, but they were a cool phenomena, and they've just never gone away since then. I don't know. I mean, Americans have a pretty long history of really loving pirates, so I'm not sure, but this show clearly embraces the love of pirates, although there are good and bad pirates. Yeah, there are like pirates on noble quests, and then there are pirates on non-noble quests. But also, like, the ships don't make sense, but we'll get there. No, we will. <laughs> I will give you the summary first, and then we will get into how we feel about it. Yes. Okay, it's a, kind of a long summary because the show is kind of complicated. It's weird, but let's go for it. The Pirates of Dark Water was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon that ran from 1991 until 1993 when it was abruptly canceled. The 21 episodes follow Prince Ren, the son of King Primus, on his quest to find the 13 treasures of rule which will help him restore the city Octopon and defeat the Dark Water, which threatens to consume the planet Mer, which is where they live. It's an alien planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They are aboard the ship called the Wraith, and Ren is helped by his crew, Tula, who is an ecomancer, Ayaz, who is a pirate who stole the Wraith from another pirate, and Niddler, who is a monkey bird, because in the 90s everyone had monkey sidekicks. And genetically engineered creatures. (laughs) Yeah. He's an alien. We're on an alien planet. I don't know why there are humans. It's weird. Anyway. (laughs) They are constantly chased by the evil pirate lord Bloss and his crew aboard the monster ship called the Maelstrom. And the Dark Water is constantly being released by the Dark Dweller, who is more of like a Satan type villain. (laughs) So there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think that about covers the basics. Which, okay, for all of that, their intro arc is a single episode. I know! (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, so we had Shira, which was five episodes. We've had Captain Planet, which was like two, maybe. You've had Gargoyles, which is four. All of that that Jess just said is something that all of these writers just go, meh, you'll get it. (laughs) Yeah, Prince Friend doesn't start out as a prince. He's like a lighthouse boy who just has happens to run down to the beach when he sees a man drowning in the seas. He pulls that man ashore, and that man is like, you are my son, I am the king, you are the prince, you must go on this quest. That's like a 30-second introduction. And then he dies, and Ren's response is, a quest? Dope. (laughs) And he just, like, pieces out. It's really really fast. I was like, you just, like, this is what you've been waiting for? I don't know. 
<laughs> but you don't even know that that's what you like the lighthouse keeper is just like oh yeah you totally are a prince here's this weird broken sword oh, yeah. that's from our king keep it go find some treasure now bye and he's like great thanks for the gift bye it is shorter than some video game intros it really is it's so short I was like, you're really just rolling with all of this. Yeah. Also, I know that the Pirates of Darkwater was created before we knew that global warming was a thing, but it reads like a global warming show. I think that we knew it was a thing. It wasn't quite the same thing. Like, we didn't call it climate change yet. Yeah. But I think that they knew about it. Okay. Well, like, the the panic that we have about it now, I don't think was the panic we had about it then. But, like, this show still reads really well as in, like, there's one big bad guy Mm -hmm. doing bad stuff. And then there's one little dude be like, no, we got to fix this big problem. And the big guy's like, no, I'm just going to take the treasures from you because that's what I'm into. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It definitely does have that like world destroying background problem (laughs) yeah and the dark water is literally hurting everybody so even when bloth shows up to be like haha i have you now if dark water is there even he's like oh fuck gotta go (laughs) (laughs) exactly that is very true so i'm not really sure i guess he's just very greedy and short-sighted and bloth just wants his treasures which i mean solid villain motivation i guess i mean i guess if he had all the treasures he could control the dark water but i still think he may be overlooking some details of that plan (laughs) yeah i also think he didn't even fully know that because so much of him is like oh you have a compass now give it to me oh you figured something out i want it which by the way he had king primus on his ship this whole time and primus was like not telling him shit and he wasn't trying so like you don't even know what you're searching for does I guess. I don't know. He just throws all his prisoners down into his underboat area (laughs) with his monster. Yeah. Which has its own, like, system because there's so many people down there. (laughs) The top of the ship and the undership are, like, literally two separate things because there's so many prisoners down there. There's a whole bunch. Yeah. And the the people who are, like, the crew do not go into this prisoner part of the ship. (laughs) No, they really don't. And I'm just like, you guys could probably riot and take over the ship. But they don't. <laughs> they just stay down there. It's fine. <laughs> but, you know, like, Bloth is weird. He's no Skeletor, so we don't need to spend too much time on him. His style is very pirate chic with, like, tons of colors oh. and, like, beads in his hair and, like, a scar down one eye. And he's, like, real big. He's, like, tall and fat. We do have to talk about <laughs> one thing, though, because I think he's, like, a pirate daddy. Wow. Yeah. Because his relationship with Ren is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I buy that. (laughs) Like, the farther I went, I was like, dude, you touching him a lot. Right? Yeah, and he does, he is very much like, mmm, hello. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's a, it's a really interesting relationship there. Because <laughs> I yeah. was like, you're still wearing purple. So what's going on here? And then I was like, oh, Skeletor might be a leather daddy, but you're some kind of pirate daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy this 100%, but I don't think they did this on purpose. I think it just kind of happened because, like, he's not over the top, but it's there. It's like, there. it's not. It's yeah. not a reach. <laughs> no. But otherwise, yeah, he's pretty straightforward as villains go. Although, I did write down a ton of quotes from him because lines in this show are amazing. (laughs) 
To be fair, okay, so like I have a category of shows I know I've said to you before that I refer to as fever dream shows because (laughs) I remember them. I know I watched them, but my adult brain is like, this doesn't sound like it's a real show. This sounds like something you made up, Kelly. And then when we see them in real life, I'm like, holy shit, it's real! I know! (laughs) So yeah, this show is insane. But do please tell the good people listening some of these lines. Okay. So, uh, his favorite things to just say, like, on a regular basis are, like, twist my soul and torment my eyes when he's, like, just unhappy about something. (laughs) And then once to his own ship, he says, turn, you bloated relic of a leviathan, turn. (laughs) (laughs) Way to turn a fucking phrase. (laughs) It's amazing. And then once his minion says to him, do you really believe Ren survived the tempest? And Bloth is like, why not? The son of Primus has more lives than a cat. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. I think you're learning as the show goes. Yeah, he definitely has figured that out. Yeah. I feel like the last episode I watched, he called him something slippery. He had a whole metaphor for how slippery Ren was. And I was like, oh. There was an episode where they think that Tula has died because she falls into the dark water. Oh, dang. And Bloth catches him. And he says, I see your spirit has been broken by the loss of your friend. Your suffering warms my heart. I'd rather see you die a thousand deaths from guilt than one by the constrictus, which is his Holy monster. Holy shit. I know, I was like, we're in the 90s, guys. We made it to the 90s. <laughs> yeah, shit got really real. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's not an 80s show. Also, it's like, did all the villains read Shakespeare in the 90s? <laughs> Yes. Because holy shit, that's great. Like, that's something you want to save to, like, wish upon your own enemy. I know. I know. That's why I was writing all these down. I was like, these are too good not to remember. <laughs> we need to start tweeting them at people. <laughs> we can also include the great quantity of fake swearing in this show. Oh my god. Noijitat. What? We all know what you mean, girl, but what? Like, and Chungalungo? What? Oh my gosh. I also love that you can call someone a Jitatin fool or Jitatin yes. as an adjective. And I was like, this is amazing. Someone really thought about this. Yeah. And they're, they're like weirdly consistently not consistent. Because there's also one that's like Nunjitatin where I'm like, that's not the same. Yeah. It's got like all these different forms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they are prolific in the swearing. They do it all the time. Oh, yeah. Which I love that somebody, of course, again, 90s cartoons. But somebody was like, well, if we're going to do a pirate show, the pirate has to swear. And somebody else was like, yeah, but we won't be able to be on TV if we actually swear. And then the third person popped up and was like, I know what to do. And (laughs) it's just all this. (laughs) Again, this is the 90s. Mm -hmm. The 90s got fucking real. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. The 90s got jatotin real. (laughs) It's true. Oh my god. Yeah, there's lots of turns of phrase and stuff. They're really amazing. I was pretty impressed by the writing. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me a little bit how we were talking about that She-Ra is kind of like witty. This is like taken to 11 and everybody gets to do it. (laughs) It's true. Every character gets to do it. Good guys, bad guys. Pretty much everyone. Except for Ren. Well, sometimes Ren gets to do it too, but... I feel like Ren fake curses every seventh episode because, to be perfectly honest, once you watch the show, you're like, oh, Ren is a cinnamon roll. Like, he doesn't even really belong in this show. Like, the show centers around him, but he doesn't belong there. 
He is an extreme cinnamon roll. Like, even his own crew is like, what are you doing right now? Like, yeah. Stop it. We're pirates. What are you doing? Yeah, and that's what I forgot a lot, actually, because I remembered the show. I remembered all these little, like, background things. I forgot how much even the good guys, they're still very much pirates. Like, within the second episode, they all get arrested because Tila and Ayaz steal stuff. And Ayaz is super sexist to Tila all the time. Oh my God. And she's basically cursing him out constantly. Oh my God. <laughs> the only thing that makes Ayaz's stupid sexist comments okay is that she is constantly swearing right back at him. And I'm like, yeah. We're in a new age here. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's like, this Jatatan woman doesn't know how to steer this freaking ship. And she's like, well, if this fucking Chungalunga dog didn't get in my way, we would be fine. And it's just like, literally all the time. I skip to the end episode just to see. And my first note is, oh my god, Tila and I still don't like each other. No, it was pretty amazing. I was a little bit frustrated with Tula because at first she's super badass, and then they're like, oh, she has magic powers, BT dubs, and now she's kind of a damsel, classic lady magician. They get better, I think. So there's like a weird dip in the middle where they're like, the lady must be helpless. (laughs) You're like, but why? It doesn't make any sense. It really does walk her character back. It really did. And they kind of came back from that. They're like, oh, right. She can fight. That's how she started in this. But it takes them a little while to get back up there. She didn't start out with magic powers. You just gave them to her like a few episodes in. (laughs) Like someone walked in and was like, that's not how lady characters work. Yeah. (laughs) That is exactly how it feels because her powers are also randomly inconsistent. They don't have any real rules other than like something is happening. Tula feels a thing. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> suddenly she's like, I feel a, a dark force. And you're like, really? Yeah. Are you sure? It's not just literally all of the dark shit around you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see the dark water from here. That might yeah. be why. <laughs> they just showed it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It was frustrating because she doesn't start out that way. And like I said, I think she improves after a little while. But you're just like, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's actually like a little bit remarkable how she starts because Tula is serving food at an inn where Ren is trying to recruit Ayaz and she overhears them talking and she's like well I want fucking adventure hey I'm coming too and Ayaz is like no and Ren's like we can take whoever we got that's fine let's go and Ayaz is like no (laughs) and Ren's like come on we have to go and Tula's just like I'm coming he's like wait but no (laughs) and that's just their dynamic the whole show (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly it they're very consistent on that front. Ayaz is so basic bitch boy. <laughs> like, he can do some stuff, but Tula has magic power. She's searching for adventure. Ren has a fucking, like, genetic quest that's gonna <laughs> save the whole last world. Even Nidler, the fucking monkey bird, he is a freed slave. Like, they have all of these fucking narratives. But Ayaz is a pirate with three ponytails. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a pirate with three ponytails. I do love him, though. And I especially love how much he loves Ren. Yes! Like, he met Ren and is very much like, I'm going to take this kid for all the money that he's worth. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, he's a cinnamon roll. Uh, Oh, no, I like him. I'm going to save him all the time. Yes, like, I have to make sure that he is okay because the cinnamon roll is too sweet and too pure for the fucking... (laughs) ocean that we live on (laughs) i was like 
okay, I guess this is just what we're going to do with this show. Yeah, pretty much. And he's just there. He is just a pirate who likes this kid who is on a quest. There's not even a real reason why he's with Ren other than Ren walked into an inn and saw him and was like, ooh, I bet that guy can help me find a ship. <laughs> Ayaz is the Han Solo of this show. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he totally is. He's 100% Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> also, his ponytails make no sense. Like, I'm no. not kidding. So <laughs> he has one big ponytail on the top of his head, a little ponytail on the front of his head that's like fucking somebody made ponytail bangs. And then there's one more ponytail, like, where ponytails actually go. <laughs> it's the kind of hair that only works when you're an animated character, because in reality, your hair would just be in your face. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But, sure, fine, Haz. You do you. Even characters in the show pull on his ponytails all the time. All the time! All the time. <laughs> Like, this is a bad strategy for being a pirate. Like, lots of the other pirates they show in this show are bald. Yeah. No, Ayaz has to have three ponytails. Fuck what you heard. He's special. <laughs> God, which then leads me to Niddler. Which, okay. Oh, Niddler, yeah. We should I can definitely. never remember. Is he Niddler or Nibbler? Niddler. Although it's a little okay. bit confusing because he's played by the same voice actor as Nibbler in Futurama. Thank you. Also, he eats shit. His whole bag is eating things, which I remembered because I was like, this bird monkey literally just eats everything. But then at the very beginning, they show you that he was a slave to Bloth and Bloth refused to feed him, which was like, oh, yeah, you eating everything makes sense. And then they even have a whole episode where they go to the island of the monkey birds where all of the monkey birds are slaves. Yeah. What? It's <laughs> like the third episode. <laughs> and everybody's just like, oh, shit. Okay. And then, of course, they free the monkey birds because fucking Ren goes around all the time, lands on an island, finds king and or queen or ruling family of said island, helps them, hurts them, frees them, depending on the good or badness of them. Yeah. And then they go to a different island. So on the monkey bird island, he's just like, oh, the monkey bird queen is trapped. Let's help free her and stage a rebellion. And they do that. They do that. They overthrow <laughs> the slavers. I was like, whoa, whoa, we're just going to jump right into this subject. <laughs> There's like monkey birds and yeah. cages all over the place and they're not allowed to fly and the queen is in trouble and you're just like, this is serious plot. I have been watching 80s cartoons. Yeah. Help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that they just treat very flippantly like, man, look at those bad guys. Do you know how they're bad? Because they keep these cute animals as slaves. Look at how colorful they are. Don't you feel bad? They're gonna stage a rebellion. Rebellions are cool. They did it. The queen gave up her prized possession Yay. because they did it. They do come back. <laughs> There's another episode later where the slavers have attempted to regain control by turning all of the monkey birds into zombies. What? Yep. <laughs> Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> what a plot. <laughs> and then, of course, they have to return to the island to save everyone again. So that happened. <laughs> wow. I mean, consistency, I guess. I do really appreciate that there's just like a matriarchy on this island. Monkey birds are just ruled by queens. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a matriarchy on the last island, too, that they visit. Oh, yeah. They just have warrior ladies. There's no men on it. That's true. I forgot about the Amazon ladies. Yeah, and they wear, like, shell bras and shit. It's like if you took mermaid attire, but made it armor, and then gave everyone pink or purple or blonde hair. Those are the only choices. (laughs) And they ride lobster horses, because that's fine. That was weird. What the fuck? (laughs) There's so many creatures in this show that you look at and you go, okay, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Star Wars wasn't a great influence on everything. (laughs) No, not at all. Not even a little bit. They didn't even try with some of these mashups. One of the things that annoyed me was that they have these dragon things that the pirates fly around on sometimes, but they don't call them dragons. Yeah. They call them dagrons. (laughs) All you did was move the letters. Why? Just call them dragons. <laughs> it's just like you want to be like, Noijitat, I see what you did there. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> this show is one of those shows that I, again, I remember as a kid watching and absolutely fucking loving and being so into it and just like, this is great. If this is on, I'm watching it, nothing <laughs> else. As an adult, I'm watching this going, this is halfway to garbage. <laughs> And not, like, in a bad way, in, like, a genuinely delighted way, but in, like, what is happening? Nothing is really explained. What is this? Like, the plot is simultaneously loose and complicated. It's true. Like, Like, there's a shit ton of stuff happening, but they're, like, blowing through it. And you're like, I guess you knew that you weren't going to last forever, so you're like, let's just throw it all on there. But it was weird, because I was like, you're hitting, like, all my fandom buttons. Mm -hmm. Is this why I have all these fandom buttons? Because I had this thing when I was a child and barely ever got to see it and was like just unfulfilled after that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What happened? Yes. So there's only 21 episodes, but I think that in a lot of ways they kind of set the stage for a lot of the 90s shows that would come after them because it's the earliest one we've watched where there's like an actual story that someone cares about and the purpose is not only to sell toys to children. I mean, like one of the reasons that it ended up getting canceled was because the animation was expensive because they watercolor painted the backgrounds. Which, honestly, they're beautiful. Yeah. Those still hold up. The backgrounds are gorgeous. Right? So you're just like, oh, okay, so you guys cared about this cartoon as a piece of art, which obviously in He-Man was not true. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. Not in, like, a lot of things we've watched, honestly. The closest is Samurai Jack, I think. Yeah. So even though they had some things to learn when they made this show... (laughs) Mm-hmm. There was a lot of first attempts in there. Yeah. It feels very much like a scout, like to say, let's try this. Let's see what happens and where we go and if people like it. And unfortunately, it feels like a scout that someone else canceled. Because in the very last episode that exists, it literally ends with Tula being like, hey, there's five more treasures out there, right? Let's get going. And they're all like, yeah. And then the episode ends. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they found a treasure and... And then they were going to go find more. But now the show is mysteriously over with no closure. None at all. (laughs) Oh, I did want to say that the voice cast for this show is unbelievable. Almost everybody was somebody that I knew for something else. Oh, shit. Frank Welker 
plays Niddler and the Dark Dweller and I think a couple other smaller characters. He plays Megatron, Dr. Claw. Oh. Yeah. Shit ton of other characters. <laughs> okay. Tula is played by Jody Benson, who is the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. heck. Mm-hmm. Lord Bloth is played by Brock Peters, who is in Star Trek more than one time, but most famously as Cisco's father in Deep Space Nine. Oh. <laughs> Peter Cullen and Tim Curry are both other pirates. Peter Cullen played Optimus Prime, and Tim Curry's just here again because I guess in the 90s he was just doing voice acting. <laughs> Which I love because Tim Curry is still kind of just around doing shit. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, Tim Curry's here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tim Curry, I think, is the voice of Conk. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because his voice was so familiar mm-hmm. to me. And so for everybody listening, Conk is a smaller pirate who has a peg leg. And he's like physically shorter. But he's also somehow like a very abused <laughs> lieutenant of Bloss. He's the only one to have survived the monster more than once and so there's a level of like respect of like well i can't kill you so i have to use you (laughs) pretty much so he gets a lot of screen time actually for like a minor character yeah he might be the most prominent villain because he's the guy who's like always right there chasing ren because it's always his job to go catch them (laughs) yeah exactly and bloth is never like good job he's always literally like kicking him being like go get them you fucking idiot bloth is not a nice person (laughs) no he's not as bad as the bad guys in Captain Planet, but he's not a good guy. <laughs> and there is a point where they're in like an arena situation where these other alien creatures want Bloth and Ren to fight and they captured the ships and they're like, if you don't fight, we'll destroy your crew. And Bloth is like, I can always get another crew. <laughs> Damn, dude, they can hear you. <laughs> Fucking amazing and also terrible, yeah. which is pretty much blah. Pretty much. <laughs> but wow, yeah, okay, so he's Tim Curry. Yeah, so Kong is Tim Curry. And then the guest voice list was just crazy. Like, Catherine Janeway was a ghost captain. What? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so everybody in the She's 90s is just in this show. <laughs> Wow. I had to keep stopping and checking out who all the voices were. So I was like, I know I've heard this people before. Yeah. It's fascinating to me because, again, this show feels like a scout. Like, they try to do a bunch of stuff. Some of it successfully, a lot of it not, but at least still, like, in a way that it landed. But then the show is just gone. <laughs> Which I still feel kind of mad about. Like, I know I felt mad about it as a kid when I realized it was just gone. And I was like, wait, why is the show not on? Where did it go? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it was the show I was always chasing because I always wanted more of it, but there isn't. (laughs) Yeah. And if you did, when you caught it, like, on TV, it was either you caught it on Cartoon Network randomly or you saw it on, like, the Boomerang channel, which was where the older cartoons were. And inevitably, you'd be like, oh, shit, is it one I haven't seen? And then you'd be like, oh, no, I saw saw this one i'm gonna watch it anyway because it's great but huh why is there no new one <laughs> exactly like where's the rest of the show and then you find out later there isn't anyone <laughs> yeah and then you're just like no chat why <laughs> yeah so i did find out through fan sites because there are like web 1.0 fan sites for the show of course i love it yes yeah that in addition to it being expensive another part of the problem was that hanna-barbera got bought by turner oh yeah that was another problem but David Kirshner is the creator of the show, and he went on to be the producer of Titan AE. Oh, shit, really? 
Wow. I was like, oh. That makes a lot of sense. It did make a lot of sense. (laughs) Wow, because Titan A is basically a pirate movie in space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dang. So I was like, okay, well, at least in some form he got to complete something. Yeah. Also, I love how much that shows that your tastes are consistent because that movie was my shit. I know. That was one of those movies that I bought like the CD soundtrack for and just listened to constantly. Yeah. It was a good one. It is intense. It's very intense. Yeah. People die. It's really good. It's also one that starts in a weird way in that place of like, what if people aren't dominant anymore? Which Mm -hmm. to kids brain if you haven't seen it it's like oh, what like, it's true it may be the first movie i saw where aliens blew up the earth i'm not sure <laughs> and humans were like third class citizens yeah. and you're just like us <laughs> no because no. <laughs> even in like pirates of dark water you're supposed to be on an alien planet and outside of just vaguely fucking up everyone's <laughs> face and i don't mean like people are ugly because like tula is very pretty ayaz even with his weird fucking ponytails (laughs) has a human shaped face but like everyone has almond eyes that are just too high in their face yeah they don't quite read right as people like where things are supposed to be they're literally like a couple centimeters off to the point where you're like what i really think they might be vulcans yeah, they do kind of look like Vulcans because everybody's like super high brows. Yeah, and Ayaz has pointy ears. He does. You can't really see Tula's ears because she has long hair, but I was like, I think they're Vulcans. <laughs> yeah, but also Ren doesn't, which makes me think that further down the line, they might have had some kind of plot thing to be like, hey, Ren, you actually came from the stars and you're different. But Bloth has fangs. Yep. Well, like yeah. actual teethy fangs. Like there's an argument to be made that maybe he filed them that way. <laughs> His nails are also very sharp. He looks like he is an evolved predator man. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if suddenly bears really lost all their fur but kept all their fangs. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Bloth is. Yeah. Yeah, he's like an evolved bear. <laughs> it's really scary. Oh my god, later there's this weird cult. What? You probably didn't see any of these episodes because they're no. pretty late, but not quite at the end. There's a weird cult to the Dark Dweller. Oh yeah. no. They like go back to Octopon to put up like six of the treasures that they have, and they run into these Dark Dweller occultist people in hoods, and then the leader takes off his hood, and he is like half fish. Half man. What? I was like, ah! Wait, shouldn't you be someone, like, most against the dark water? Oh my god. As a fish? Ah, well, he got turned into this creature by the dark dweller. Oh my god. Yeah, it was some Lovecraftian shit, and I was like, Holy shit. Ah! I was like, I had to stop and text Julia pictures, because I was like, this is really scary. There's a moment in, like, another episode, because he doesn't go away. Of course where not. Where he just, like, randomly licks his tentacle arm. Oh! And I was like, why would you do that? No, don't. It's like anime boys that lick their swords. Don't do it. <laughs> I was like, ah! Girl. They really 
really got me. Gross. Also, we should talk about the dark water because it just sort of is there from the very beginning of the show. And it's literally like a sentient oil slick. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Which point. is another moment of like, wait, did y'all have eco-terrorists yet? Because it we kind did. of reads like you could yep. No, now that you've said oil, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because it just sits on top of actual water, but then with weird, like, kind of fingers, it, like, kills everything it comes into contact it with. It can come get you. It can reach you. Yeah. And it's really scary. That seems to be the point of getting the treasures are that, like, if you're holding a treasure and you touch dark water, it actually, like, burns it off yeah you can chase away the dark water and i guess if you restore all 13 treasures then you can get rid of the dark water completely and what you find out midish way through is that the dark dweller has been opening these like fissures in the bottom of the ocean to let out the dark water so he can take over the planet yeah the dark dweller is very much the devil <laughs> Like, there's not a lot of complexity to him outside of that. No, not at all. He's just sort of like, whoops, here's another bad guy. How do you know he's bad? He's letting out the bad stuff. Cool. Like, <laughs> okay. But there's also this level of, what do you want the planet for? Are you just doing evil shit? Have you done this to other planets? Like, there's so many questions in this show, which unlike a lot of the other shows we've watched where we're like, how did He-Man get his sword? Those are questions that just are like, Meh, you don't need the answers to. Every question in Dark Water is there's just enough of a hint in the episodes that do exist that it feels like someone was going to answer them, that it makes the show infuriating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the things that bothered me that I don't know if they were ever going to answer is that Ren has the broken sword that was like his father's sword and it opens some things, like it's a key sometimes, but Ren never bothers to get a full sword. No! He fights people with that sword. Yeah, he fights people with this half sword. And I'm like, dude, you could probably just borrow one from Ayas. I'm sure he would give you a real sword. <laughs> I don't think they were ever going to answer that question for us. Yeah. That's another thing about Ren himself is because he questions so little and is such a cinnamon roll that you're like, Ren, this could be avoided if you literally just did one thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole episode where he like falls for a trick by this demon who appears to him as his father. And Ayaz and Tula are both like, hey, no, let's not do the thing that he just said. But Ren is like, no, I'm just going to charge in there and do what he told me because I totally believe it was my father. And then he gets there and it's <laughs> a demon. And it's like, dude, you really need to be a little more skeptical. <laughs> Right? First of all, you didn't know you had a dad, and then you met him, and within the first 10 minutes, he died in your arms. That should be enough to be like, what up, ghost bitch? Yeah. You're a liar. <laughs> right? But no. no. No, not Ren. Not perfect cinnamon roll Ren. And like, anytime there is another royal person, like in the very end, on the island of kind of the Amazon ladies, the queen is there and is like, hey, we're gonna throw these dudes into hard slave labor. And he's like, no, your majesty, I am the prince. Which also, by the way, if your dad is dead, you're the king. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but he refers to himself as the prince. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, I'm son of Primus, prince of Octopon, and we come here in peace to hunt the treasures. And she's literally like, too fucking bad, hard labor. And he is so surprised. I know. That <laughs> happens to him a lot. He's always like, I'm mm -hmm. the prince. And everyone's like, don't care. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, wait, really? You don't? <laughs> no, we definitely don't. We live on a totally different island. <laughs> yeah. And like, there are all these situations where people are hurt or running for their lives or doing whatever and Ren's like here I'm gonna help save you and they're like yeah okay cool if you can but if you can't please just get out of the way yeah 
Which, I mean, that feels true to an actual sheltered prince, so, you know. It does feel pretty accurate. He's just, like, always so surprised that people don't like him. (laughs) Yeah, or that they just don't care. He cares very deeply about this epic quest that he just suddenly was given by, apparently, his dying family member. (laughs) And the rest of the world is like, alright, I don't care. I got shit to do. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the exception of Ayaz and Tula who are like, no, we care. And that's literally why they're crazy. <laughs> they're like, we didn't have anything better going on, so I guess we'll join your quest. <laughs> yeah, and they're still very much selfish. Like, Ayaz is very much like, I'm going to try and get as much treasure as I can, yes. and inevitably he doesn't. And Tula's like, I'm trying to get as much adventure as she can, and she does. And then you have Nidler, who's very much, I'm going to get as much food as I can, and he falls somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, accurate. <laughs> So yeah, Pirates of Dark Water, I feel like you ended too soon, but you were also fucking nuts, so maybe you didn't. I know, I was like, maybe it's for the best. It's like Firefly, in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. has the same, Mm -hmm. you're like, I like everything that happened, but it's possible if you had kept going, that wouldn't have stayed true. (laughs) Yeah, and it could have gotten way bad, way fast, sort of like how we talked about She-Ra, where she takes herself too seriously, and it's also bad Mm -hmm. and not campy. I feel like the same could have been said for Pirates, if it had gone a little longer yeah it really could have like dragged or gone repetitive but there's only 21 episodes so they didn't have time for that <laughs> oh we didn't even mention the fact that all the characters have dark skin oh yeah Jeez. dude yeah this is an accidentally very diverse show in a very diverse world yeah i skipped right over I that i mean ren's got blonde hair but he's like the only one <laughs> Yeah, like there are other, there's a few people that have, like one of um, Kronk's cronies uh-huh. has blonde hair, oh, but yeah. like everyone has slightly darker skin, or if they are white, they're very pink, or you have people like Bloth, who is literally white, like he yeah. almost looks like he could be albino, but the main three characters have darker skin. Yeah, Ayaz and Tula have dark skin and dark hair, and there's no way that you could mistake them for white people. <laughs> exactly, and they don't even have the same dark skin, like all <laughs> Yeah. Three of them have different shades of dark skin. Right. <laughs> yeah, and there's like people all in the background shots, there's people with different skin tones. Like, I think that's one of those things too of the 90s cartoons mm-hmm. that they, they floated and did really well was just like, what if there's a lot of brown people, <laughs> like in real life? To the point that even we forgot to mention it yeah. because it's so just integrated into the show. Yes. No one stands out because there's more than enough brown people that just feels natural. It's true. They managed to do it without being weird like Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, where you're like, look at this great team of appropriate minorities. <laughs> From Asia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because Asia is a country, not a continent. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. Asia, Africa, South America, North America, yeah. and the USSR. <laughs> yeah. Also, North America was just Brooklyn. <laughs> Scavenger Planet. At least no one in Pirates comes from, like, Space Brooklyn. (laughs) You know what? That's true. Nobody did that in the show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what's happening with it now? Which I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. Basically nothing. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like half of the world didn't even catch the show. It's on, like, a ton of, like, the please adapt this show lists. Mm-hmm. The people who did see it are obviously dedicated fans. I they mean, still yeah. have websites. <laughs> 
<laughs> Even we both were like, oh shit, when we were building our list of cartoons yeah. we wanted to watch, this was like on it as like maybe the 10th one. We knew yeah, like we're gonna this watch needed this. to be one of them. And I'm super glad that we did because I really liked it. But yeah, so there was like a simultaneous comic book run when it was on. There was a line of toys and a video game. Just one video game. And as a reminder, wow. Rugrats had several video games. I know, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I, I was like... pirates could get like seven games. Everything about this is bullshit. This is a good show. <laughs> yeah. It's got a solid premise. I don't know why no one has adapted this. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't even need, like, the gritty reboot. It just needs, like, do it again. Yeah, just do like, it Like, go find him and be like, hey, how did you want this show to end? Like, this could be literally a new cartoon or an HBO show. Like, it's that broad. Yeah. It's got a really well-defined main plot line. Like, we're looking for 13 treasures. Go! <laughs> like, Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. And then, like, the last episode, they introduced something amazing, which is one of the treasures is alive. Oh, like, it's a living creature that looks like a weird so elephant mouse thing that can also heal and do magic, which made me think, because, like, at one point, Tula said during that episode, oh, well, we were warned that the last six treasures would be the hardest. And I'm just like, wait, what? And this one's alive? <laughs> because it leads me to believe that the last one was Ren. Ooh. Right? Like, there's just all this potential in this dumb show. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many things you could do. It's a really cool planet. Yeah. I really just, I just want more of it. <laughs> yeah, that you could do so much more of it and it would be fascinating and amazing and you could do it. In, like, I read it as comic books. I'd play it as a video game. I'd love it as a movie or a miniseries. Like, even if somebody just wrote books, like how there's Star Trek adaptations and Star Wars adaptations, I'd read it as a book. I would read it as a book, too. Yeah, it's weird because, yeah. like, some things I have really strong feelings about the format they come in, but this one, mm -hmm. I don't really care what it is. I just want more. <laughs> yeah. You can make live action. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Live action would be kind of amazing, too, because, again, the looks. Like, there's some weird fashion and some weird hair and, like, aliens. You could do some cool prosthetics. Like, there's just a lot of potential in this. And admittedly, a lot of that potential is in the unknown because, like, it just ended real fast. So, of course, you want more of it in any format. But the story is, again, simple enough and complex enough that it could still be really compelling. There's so many things you could do. So, yeah. Any studio execs that listen to our baby podcast, which they don't, <laughs> but if they did, Pirates of Dark Water, you coward. Do it. You know everybody wants you to. Yeah, just do it. We will watch it. Seriously. Y'all are gonna, like, reboot some shit I never heard of. We might as well do this. Right? Do pirates and do it cool. Like, I mean, the only way to really go is down. <laughs> Jeez, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like whereas He-Man, you watch and you make other people watch it because it's insane. Pirates of Dark Water, I would love if people went back and watched because it's actually really good and like on the line of something really interesting and fascinating. And you just want people to watch it so then you can be like, ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> uh, can we have more? Can somebody do this? Do you see it? Isn't this cool? Who, who, who knows somebody that can get this to happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that would be really fun. And I wish somebody would do it. Yeah. Oh, should we rate it? We should rate it. I would yeah. give it a four mm -hmm. out of our normal. I would get a four out of five as well. Like, it's not quite perfect, but it's pretty fucking up there. It's a great way to kick off the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> 
It only gets better from there. Mm, I would debate that, but like. Not everything in the 90s is good, but there are so many good things. Yeah, there are a lot of good things. This is very true. And this is this is one of my fondest memories of 90s Yay. cartoons. Cool. I, do you have any other things? I mean, I like that Tula's boobs were out all the time. <laughs> Great. True. She still wears pink and has her midriff out, but her boobs are not all over the place. She looks like actually Jasmine before Jasmine a little bit. It's true. Yeah. And she can still kick your ass. Yeah, until she gets magic. Then she has to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Pirates is just a good show. If you're curious, go watch it. If you you know a TV executive, tell them to find somebody to do it. <laughs> and more people should watch it so that we can all use Noi as an actual swear. Yeah, as like a good sarcastic curse word, maybe for like real dumb people. Oh, and children like, are around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Candace at the mommy meetup is always the one bringing fucking brownies and you know a kid is like allergic and you just like noi tot Candace <laughs> with the brownies <laughs> Candace isn't cool so she doesn't know what that means no she just knows that everyone is upset with her and it has the tone of someone cursing <laughs> plus it means you would have an entire new generation of children yelling noi tot when they are mad but like they probably couldn't get the syllables right <laughs> Which would also be adorable. <laughs> so everybody just start yelling Noijatot and let's see if that catches on. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess, as part of the Adjective Sphinx Network. The music we use is sung by Kelly and can only be found here. You can find links for more info in the show notes. Find us and our sibling shows on Twitter at Adjective Sphinx or email us at adjectivesphinx at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening!